0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church?
1: Yeah, that's me.
0: Or do you think the church is out of touch?
1: Absolutely.
0: Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City?
1: Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty.
0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's Outcast Catholic. And I'm Father Travis Crowdy, And I'm Father Shane Demon. And it's good to be with all of you and with you, Father Shane, yet again. Here we are. It's good to be back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. New location for recording today. This is exciting. Yeah, deep in the bowels of uh, <laughs> Helan High School here. There's some nice sunshine outside, though. Yeah. Yep. Science classroom. Very good. Um, These chemistry desks actually work really well for the they they recording. They kind of do. We're a little there. close, but it's all right. not as snug as the um, hotel room. So this is... This works.
1: So, what people don't realize um, is that we have like these these mouth guards, like these screens over pop our, guards, pop guards over yeah. our microphones, so we can't actually see each other's mouths. So, when we do this, we're just <laughs> reading just eyes, eyes. Which I suppose during COVID, when you had a mask on, yeah. you got used to reading people's eyes and their eyebrow. That movements. is kind of
0: funny. Except your your setup here is kind of wonky today. You're kind of goofing around. The with equipment your, wasn't working. Yeah, it's not my friend today. It's it's not your friend. Uh, you've been traveling around, right? Lots of running Constantly. all over the place.
1: Yeah, University of Northern Iowa um, was down in Ames for a discernment retreat by Iowa State. Done a Benedictine when I had this. We had the uh, Swaffers yes. on the uh-huh. show recently. Yeah. It's very good. I was up at University of South Dakota
0: You had another time when you went and hung out with cool people without me. That's
1: yeah, that's fine. Well, you you know you have to be one of your sheep. Yeah, that's right. That's the beauty that's of true. being a, in a parish. You
0: are grounded yeah, among the flock. Right. That's right. <laughs> I don't have to run all over the country. You don't. <laughs> Um, are you back for a little bit? You're settled? Or are you? Well, I'm just, somewhere I actually
1: supposed to be in St. Louis today. Ah, um, but that was delayed. That was delayed. But I'm away from home. I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm going next week for seminary and evaluations. Oh, good. Um, I was also down in Cedar Rapids for the uh, Iowa high school state As girls I. tournament. I missed you by sadly, a day.
0: I know, but sadly, both of our teams lost in the first round. I know, but they did well. They represented their school all the way to they state. Did. I'm always so impressed at how many Catholic schools. Um, make it to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. It's good representation. Of yeah, Catholic education in our state.
1: Yeah, Des Moines Dowling was there. Cedar Rapids Xavier was there. I'm sure many others. What's the one in Dyersville? Dyersville Beckman. Beckman.
0: Yeah. Yes, they they were there right before us. Yeah, nice. It w- there's enough Catholic people when they saw the collar. Hey, Father, how you doing? So mm-hmm. That's nice to nice to see that.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah, I have been traveling a lot, but it's good to be back.
0: That's great. We had an exciting event happen um, recently at All Saints Parish in Lamar's. Mm. We, so we had this. I don't know if you saw the um, It's kind of some weird like vandalism that happened with a statue out front. I think I talked about that. Before.
1: I was there like the day after it happened. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that statue of St. Joseph, it's kind of this, there's a like, cool like little piazza thing right in front of our um, St. Joseph church in the in the parking lot. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't often get utilized because it's in the middle of a parking lot. Everybody just parks walks in, comes out, but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. The statue that sat there was a gift from the original pastor. So it's over 150 years old. Broke through some um, unfortunate uh, circumstances, but. Shenanigans. We some shenanigans. Mm -hmm. We had a different statue that used to hang on the outside of the original school, so it was metal. Okay. So through this beautiful process, it was, I don't know if the process was beautiful. It's beautiful now. The statue has been um, stripped of the paint, powder-coated white. So it's very durable, very beautiful. Um, one of the guys at our parish who does some kind of architecture stuff on the side designed this beautiful three-tiered pedestal wow. with granite that matches the brick that matches the church. Very, very beautiful. So you have to come wow. and see it. I haven't seen it, but we had um, the blessing of the statue in conjunction with our first ever All Saints Parish Festival. Ooh. Very exciting. This Saturday on right All before, Saints Day. Well, close enough. It okay. was um, the Saturday uh, before Halloween. Okay, so. The, the kind of the same weekend of All Saints Day, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. But we we lucked out. I don't know if we'll ever do it actually that weekend again because the weather can be so spotty. But it was like 65. Yeah, it was gorgeous perfect, weekend. Perfect day. So we had pumpkin painting for the kids. We had a bag toss, cornhole toss a tournament mm-hmm. some of the high school kids there. A massive inflatable, like, Bouncy houses, wall, yeah, but it was like it was really impressive. It was like a wall climbing thing up the middle, and then slides. Obstacle course. So thing. it kept the the young kids entertained all day. Good. And uh, two food trucks, two local food trucks. Oh, it was called Chicks and Waffles because it was chicken and waffles owned by two women. So okay, Chicks and Waffles and loaded, a bunch of stuff piled on French fries. So wonderful, wonderful day. Was Perfect. there
1: a was there a booth in which the parochial vicar got a pumpkin pie thrown in his face
0: not yet we could plan that for I years think to come i'm now, requesting it for next may, year this may be a spoiler alert but we are planning something at the high school with this new house system that we established everybody's in like a small group called the house right um we're having our first annual house fest it's Ooh. going to um come after our annual fall service day Mm. Housefest, very exciting. I think there might be a pie in the face involved in that in some capacity. I'll buy Will tickets. Will be the chaplain and broken vicar? I don't know. Yeah, we'll make sure to sell just you um, <laughs> a roll of tickets to please do to, to attend.
1: Um, I would love to. Housefest sounds like hostess. Do you know that term? It's a Jesuit term. I, well, I
0: actually know it from the Benedictine tradi- tradition.
1: Well, I don't know about the Benedictine tradition, but I, I did know it at
0: Conception where I was at college seminary.
1: Okay, well, maybe it's the same okay. tradition. I know when I've been staying with uh, Jesuits if there's like kind of a community gathering, they'll say there's a house at 9 p.m. or whatever. Yes. And that usually means the members of the community and no guests are invited. Huh. It's not trying to be inhospitable. It's just trying to say, uh, we sometimes we just need our own alone time Recreation. as a community. Yeah, That's
0: exactly what happened at the Benedictine Monastery Conception. Our um, chaplains who lived on the floor with us, the monks, our formators, would go to house this on Tuesday nights. And it was fondly called Drunk Monk Night. None of them got drunk. Of they course They had not. like two drinks. Moderation and limit, all things. The, the <laughs> limit was two drinks. So we'd always make fun of it and call it Drunk Monk Night because uh-huh. they'd either be going or coming. And we'd see them um, outside in front of the seminary buildings. But sure. What a segue that I didn't even plan right there that you just talked about this house this thing because uh-huh. I really want to talk about hospitality. Okay. And that is exactly the same thing, right? Let's That's dive a in. a odd intra hospitality there, mm-hmm. right? Um, focused on the community building that needs to happen sometimes in religious life, but in parishes. But this example, this experience of our All Saints Festival was such a beautiful experience. A beautiful reality. A beautiful reality, as Father Mason would say, um, (laughs) of hospitality taking place on our parish campus. Because the the combination of all of those different activities that we had, it really turned into a beautiful experience opportunity for young families with kids to come mm-hmm. and I saw so many families that I never see at mass show up to this really statue blessing and all saints festival nice and so I realized how um how hospitable it really was primarily because the people who helped volunteer to run it um, it wasn't a fundraiser which is unique sometimes I think a lot of parishes fall into we we do fundraisers well and we need a new boiler what we have yeah. or the yearly kind of Fall dinner, spaghetti sure. dinner, mm-hmm. soup and whatever, auction thing sure. um, to, to fundraise. But this was such a good experience of our own parishioners welcoming people to our campus really well with cool food trucks, with great activities. There was music playing. People felt very comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's had me thinking a lot about Christian hospitality. Um, just talking about these Benedictines that I went to college seminary with. Benedictines are all about... Talking about Benedictine hospitality, mm-hmm. and then you, the the question is, wasn't well, that just Christian hospitality? Sure. But The monks have done it particularly well through the centuries. Sure. But Benedictines would focus so often, and I think at my college seminary, you know, it's like right by that um, little little knee touch there. Whoops. Oh, uh, is that what that was? Yeah, I thought it was the bracing it's a of the small those. table. Okay you've obviously seen it at conception when you walk in the, the entry of the, the guest house, it says it on like greet all as you would Christ or sure. something like that. Yeah. So that's part of monasticism is that they are stable. They have a place established with a, with an abbey, with a church, a monastery, and they welcome guests often. And the idea is that you're welcoming guests, whoever might be as you would, if Christ was um, walking among us. And he really is because in it, through his incarnation and through the Holy spirit, Christ is like in our midst um, through the sacraments, but then also in the people that we meet. We see his face in the faces of others. Now, monasteries do a pretty good job at hospitality. But are parishes places of hospitality? Um, sometimes, in some ways, um, in other ways, perhaps not. Mm-hmm. And those who feel outcast from parish life, um, young people, but really anybody, I think this becomes the the issue mm-hmm. so often is that Um, it is not an experience of hospitality when you go even to a parish church, but the parish is the people, not just the church campus. So are our Catholic people hospitable? Um, do we have kind of homes that are open to hospitality, um, of welcome? And are we as a parish parishes helping to bring people who feel outcast back into the fold? Or are we actually creating um, an obstacle for them? and making them feel more outcast. Right.
1: Well, I think there's a a change of mentality that's occurring. Uh, There's also changes of architecture that's occurring right now. You know, so many of our churches built in the late 19th century, early 20th century were just simply a church, right? It was just a temple for worship of God. Right. And, you know, over time, yeah, parish halls were held in the basement or constructed in the basement. Um. But I don't, you know, the, we didn't build churches a hundred years ago with big entryways, you know, and gathering uh, spaces, if gathering spaces, if you will, spaces, if you will. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a big emphasis on that because there was a Christian culture surrounding the church building, Absolutely. you know, that kind yeah. of not only not only kind of exuded out of the 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 property itself, but was just kind of in the air. It was just in the ethos, and people would be experiencing that throughout the week, yeah. and and as that doesn't occur there's more of an intentionality to say, okay, well, how can Sundays be a focal point for that? Or how can Sundays kind of be a catalyst for change throughout the, the broader culture? And we're certainly seeing that as architecture is changing. These gathering spaces are being constructed. There's uh, there's more of a tension for social hall, conference rooms, uh, bridal party rooms, you know, where where people need to be together and where they can form authentic community. That We're seeing that more and more. But... I You know, and I'm sure we'll get into it here in a little bit, but we also can't put too much emphasis on what a parish can handle, right? A parish is not you know a social club, it's not a supper club it's it can't be everything to all people I mean it's primarily a place for Christians to gather and be formed in the ways of the faith and worship the Lord right so it can't be all things to all things or to all people, but there's ways that it can be a catalyst to things so that what's what's happening off campus can be a continuation of what's flowing from the liturgies on
0: Sundays. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about that a lot, the architecture, more so because of the culture of, I think that's really clear in urban parishes and small-town parishes, which we have, that's kind of most of our diocese. We Mm -hmm. have a few kind of former urban parishes that are now big clusters in Sioux City here, and then a lot of rural farming parishes. Mm -hmm. A few in, like, towns that are a little bit bigger with some kind of culture in the town. But I was just in uh, Remsen down the road from Lamar's, at yeah, the great Oktoberfest. Sure. Uh, which was wonderful. I tried, uh, have you had
1: head cheese before? You know, I've never been so brave to try, try that.
0: Uh, I got to say, here, here I am, Father Travis Crowdy. I kind of like it. Oh. Um, it's kind of weird. I don't know if people would want me to describe how it's made. Um, I learned, we'll, though. We'll, I, we'll protect I, the I children. I did a quick uh, Wikipedia search and learned it's really common in, like, every European country's sure. culture. Yeah. Um, it just, anyways, that was quite interesting.
1: Okay. Good tangent.
0: See, going, I go into that in Remsen. It was really fun. Um, It's at the, it was at the high school and they did a few different events throughout the town, but the kind of main, the meal was served at St. Mary's high school, but especially in Remsen, a town where so many Luxembourg and German Catholics immigrated and kind of developed a great culture. The town was almost completely Catholic um, by baptism and affiliation anyways. Mm -hmm. So, there didn't need to be things on the church campus because all of the Catholics in town would go to the baseball games. All of the Catholics in town would go to this Oktoberfest thing. All Mm -hmm. of the Catholics in town would go to so many different things that were happening in town so that the community that was needed to form the Christian life was present in the town. Right. The church was where they worshiped, like you said that. Right. Same is true, I think, in urban communities. And some of those ethnic communities might have had like the church hall or even the bowling alley that's still present in some of these Um, There's one in Omaha uh, where there's still a bowling alley at the parish. But it's the same thing. You're all going to the same, like, butcher on the same block. You're all going to the same grocery store, things like that. You're living life. You're, like, rubbing up against each other. The suburban model, though, is very different. Uh, You have to have things that draw people to the campus because there's no, like, neighborhood grocery store Mm -hmm. in a a suburb. You, Mm -hmm. like, just live in a big neighborhood and then you have to drive to some shopping center. Mm Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot, like a bigger staff, more events, all of those things happening is like a suburban reality. But I see this at my parish often. We are now a, a hub, a county parish that attracts from outside of our kind of neighborhood within the town. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've like switched that that paradigm shwi- swift, shift hasn't happened yet to realize that, no, we ought to actually have like a locus, a place of hospitality here on these grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that should be at the service of the members of the parish, like learning hospitality at the church, at the campus, to actually make that a reality in their own homes, in their own lives.
1: Right. I mean, which is a perfect segue just to our last episode with the Swaffords, right? As they're talking about in their own journey throughout their married life, craving more um, friendship, craving more uh, unity and community with other families. And so they've got this wonderful club, you know, the first Saturdays for Mary club in which they've got five or six families who come together with a total of 42 children mm. combined with all of them in which they just gather, you know, as we described in our last episode, they just gather and they kind of journey through life together and socialize, but also talks about the highs and the lows and pray over one another. Right. Uh, and it's, it's hospitality. That's an extension of the parish and, um, you know, it's 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 the great coming together on Sundays, but then extends out into the domestic church of all these homes, and allows people to continue to journey with one another while offering Christian hospitality. Is because they kind of rotate homes as to where they're gathering next. Yeah. Um, and and I don't I don't know that we do that really well. I don't know that people feel really trained to offer hospitality on a on a faith based level.
0: Right. It's, I mean,
1: it's one thing to say, "Oh, you know, I've made Chili come over for the Super Bowl. Let's watch football together." It's quite another thing to say. I want to intentionally befriend you, and I want to go a little bit la- deeper than just surface level slapstick humor conversations. Right. And I want to help you journey through this complicated thing called life. And I want your support and accompaniment as well.
0: Absolutely, it, we don't do it ve- very well, but I think the desires out there, all the all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a group who, who's you know here at the school who does the parents who do the theology and tab that we've both spoken at we've started theologians happen in, in lamar's like there's desires to to do things and people want more mm-hmm. people say that all the time like they want more like ah oh, if we could only have this if we could only have this and there's a look toward the parish to just like do something like why don't you have more bible studies why don't you have this why don't you have this well, it's like if all these people are looking toward the parish office for more give us something more give us something more it's like well there's people in your same position probably in your same parish you might be sitting on the pew from at mass who want the same thing you're just going to take that step of intentionality to kind of move out of the status quo into like okay well what's going to fill this need that i have in my life Mm -hmm. for community for and it might be risky but to to move out of this thing we've fallen into and kind of contemporary america of like we're too content with air conditioning and tvs like that just keeps us stuck in our house Mm -hmm. or heating right now i suppose in this time of the year sure but it just keeps us kind of stuck and safe and 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 we don't want to um yeah we don't want to turn into um yeah we don't want to turn toward others and invite them in i just noticed this with a lot of um, young adults and this is more directed toward those who have homes who have culture established right to invite people in um Pay attention when you go to Mass, if you if you go to Mass regularly. If you see somebody that you've been seeing for a while, perhaps a young adult, a single person going to Mass by themselves, if someone is going to Mass by themselves, I mean, like, kudos to you for going to Mass by yourself. That's not the easiest thing to do. If someone's going to Mass by themselves, they need an invitation, mm-hmm. right? Something more than high. I was just talking to a young adult who, like, said, like, yeah, I go to Mass a lot at different parishes. And, yeah, sometimes people say "Hi," and at least they acknowledge you know me for being there. They don't just totally ghost me, but there's never anything more um right. or or another friend, uh, Kate Rydell, used to work in the diocese. she said like in the town she worked at small town, only one family ever invited her over, like they knew she was this single young adult who worked for the parish. She mm-hmm. lived by herself in in the in the former rectory building, mm-hmm. and one family invited her over right. It's like, guys, what are we doing, you know? If we're, if, we're, if we're Christian, if we've received this call from our baptism to really love as Christ loves, part of that is this reality of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it some ways well. You know, when the when the yearly uh, um, fall dinner comes around like we have, everybody turns out to, to really help, and that's great. That's why we're not worried about funds. Right. We're worried about souls <laughs> right. who are feeling outcast from the parish. Right.
1: What reminds me in all of this is um, Annie Hickman um He's a famous Stephenville speaker. He's been in this diocese speaking at the bishops' conference probably about three or four years ago. And, you know, he, he speaks very very passionately about porch ministry. Oh, yeah. You know, like, in fact, when he spoke, he insisted in this diocese, when he was speaking at the bishop's dinner, he wanted, like, big, oversized front porch rocking chairs on stage with him. Right. To drive home the point, you know, what does it mean to actually break bread with one another at Sunday Mass if we haven't even broken bread with our next door neighbors um if we can we invite them over and just have a beer on the front porch can we invite them over and have a meal to say the the parish actually begins here first in the neighborhood yeah <laughs> and yeah. and we build community just among ourselves and it's one thing to say you know oh yeah just you see you know that tree fell down down there oh yeah you know the lawn, people, you know, everyone cleaned it up or there was an electrical yeah. outlet or whatever. And we, we can kind of talk shop in the neighborhood. Yeah, But to actually sit down and engage souls and offer authentic hospitality and say, I actually care about you. And I want to get to know you and your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to share my life with you. And he's really good about uh, promoting that everywhere he goes. Um, and there's a lot of tie-ins to what you're saying. Wanting right. your parish fall festival to extend... Beyond the parish properties, we are getting better about doing some of those more hospitable things to help people belong. But it really has to continue um, off of the parish campus.
0: It us, unless this becomes just like another finger wagging of like annoyed priest or something like that. I'm I'm challenged, challenged as a priest to to experience that hospitality and to pay attention at mass. Like I have that that quick moment of connection with people after mass, but to pay attention to the people who who might be new. I might not have seen before who might not be regulars might just be coming back mm-hmm. Somebody who's clearly like kind of wanting something or hanging around looking to talk. Here's the deal folks Like I can't see everybody though. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of exits to the church Like you're the ones who obviously are noting the people noticing the people who aren't there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if we're known for anything at a at, uh, in, in small midwest parishes is just like Staring at new people who walk in right <laughs> great stare at them, identify them, and then go talk to them afterwards mm-hmm. We spoke at that. Um event over the summer at st michael's here in sioux city sure um curious catholics and you gave that invitation at the end like because i think we ended up talking about something just like this Mm -hmm. the question came of how do we keep people in the church how do we do more for our parish and we talked about the same thing and you said at the end um everybody in this room introduce yourself introduce yourself to somebody who you you don't know Mm -hmm. and it was great it was beautiful to watch everybody kind of light up and, and talk but i'd give the same challenge you know, there, there are, it turns out, unless you're in a tiny, tiny, tiny town, like my hometown, Verina, there are surely people that you don't know at your church, right? There are probably some new family. And even if you know who they are, might even have them on Facebook and kind of stalk them sometimes, you might not know who they are and they mm-hmm. might need you to invite them into some kind of relationship. Of As talent.
1: one of our friends found out recently at a mass with you.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Walks in, no one says hello. Absolutely. And drives out of that town. <laughs> never comes back. <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: Well, these are good things to consistently ponder and go a little deeper. Um, to any of our parishioners uh, listening or to any Catholic out there listening, if you find yourself at Mass and you don't feel like a lot of people know you, also don't be afraid to introduce yourselves. Right. You know, go ahead and take that step. It, it's it's unfortunate if other people would not want to quickly welcome you, but don't be afraid to take the first step, especially to introduce yourself to your pastor if he's on the circuit and he's covering three or four parishes Absolutely. I was and just he, and he doesn't always get to your particular mass every Sunday, it might be really hard for him to keep track of all the names and the faces, especially if you're new. So don't be afraid to, to reach out and we'll keep the hospitality themes going, not only on this show, but hopefully in the hearts of all of our
0: listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, Father Shane. And thanks everybody for tuning in. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.